Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. Hey guys, here we are, the pregame.com podcast, weekly podcast, and video. Now, this is our first segment, and I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, the GM of Picks at pregame.com, who actually has a new mic. He doesn't even have a mic in front of him, and uh, hopefully we're all going to graduate to that soon. Very good. And Vegas Runner, a genuine professional batter here in Las Vegas. We have three segments typically. You can see them all at pregame.tv. First one is Sports Betting Talk. And we're going to be talking about two things this week, and this is August 26, 2009, is Delaware and the decision by the federal courts to not allow one team batting and what that means and what that means for the general trend of sports betting in the United States. And then number two, we're going to be talking about American League players going to the National League and what that means for batters let's start with that and marco let's talk about that what's your thoughts we're seeing lee uh the pitcher and others doing very well in the national league okay before i get to that one quick thing for all of my guys that uh commented last week on uh, marco's uh stomach i have a tip for you guys <laughs> be weary of a capper that's skinny because it takes a lot of winners to feed this thing. <laughs> so moving along. So, so you're, you're saying it's a sign of your success. That is it. Yeah, definitely. Then you, you could be the best capper in the country. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> but going to the uh, pitchers changing leagues and players, this is a huge advantage. When you get an American League pitcher coming to the National League, almost always you're going to have a increase in his is this, stats. So this is, we're talking about pitchers specifically. Pitchers specifically. And the reason being is every pitcher, it's almost like dropping in class coming to the National League because you go from facing nine hitters to eight basically because now you get to face the pitcher uh, batting. First time around the league, obviously the guy right now that's doing it is Cliff Lee. He has just All been right, so a let's, monster. Let, let's break some of this stuff down because this is good stuff. And VR, jump in. And I know you got a lot to say on the Delaware stuff, your Philly boys. So is one is every pitcher in the national league has to face does not have to face a dh and every pitcher in the american league does so the question is why would an american league pitcher have a greater advantage on in the national league than the national league pitchers that are already there in the same situation well he's got because he's been doing it facing nine oh my god who could that be brand you want to you want to turn that off rj bow it's there's people calling it He's such an important guy, but uh, for those of for those, <laughs> it's my mother. Well, that's not quite as impressive. But. That, that's good. Okay, <laughs> mom, don't worry. RJ's doing good. We're taking care of him. But going back to it, you've got the American League pitchers. They're facing nine guys, so they don't get the luxury of pitching around certain situations. Where in the National League, if you got a couple runners on base and you got the number eight hitter coming up, you can pitch around him to get to the to the pitcher in the nine spot. Oh, I agree with that, but my question is, every pitcher in the National League has that same advantage. Why does an American League pitcher who comes over, why is that a bigger advantage for him? Because he's, he's used to it? He's used to pitching to not having any breaks in the lineup. You know, it's almost to use a horse racing clay. They're definitely dropping in class. It's a you know, it's 
a less of a competition. What do you think about this, Vegas? Well, I think it's the the initial move does reflect that, and I think they do have a sigh of relief as soon as they right, go. So, so that's that makes more sense. And again, one of the things we try to do here is we want to make sure that we really have. If you're going to bet off of concepts, you better make sure that they're right, and that's why I like to drill down and really make sure. Marco's making great points, but we want to make sure we understand exactly what's being said. So what I'm hearing from you is, hey, every National League pitcher has the same advantage, but this American League pitcher just came over is the transition to having that sigh relief is more potent for him initially. Yeah, because if you look through the history, I mean, I don't see this a trend that continues year after year after year. Guys that come from the American League all of a sudden have greater careers when they cross over to National League. It is a trend or not a trend? I don't think it is. So why is it happening now? I think it's the initial move from the American to the National League. Oh, now that initial move advantage has happened historically in your mind. Through this, the season is what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to carry on. I don't think because an American League pitcher goes to the National League, all of a sudden he's guaranteed to have a, a, a longer, better career because but, but of But he, here's my question. You're saying that the advantage is something that happens over a short period of time. Let's just say yes. two months. Has that two-month advantage happened historically? So back in 1995, when a pitcher came from the American League to the National, did they have two months of, of superior performance? Yeah, absolutely. You would always see the is National that, League teams is that your take? go after American League pitchers towards that trade deadline. It's hardly ever the other way around. It's usually the National League going after them big American League pitchers, getting them ready for the playoffs. The other advantage you don't have as much as before is because now we have interleague play. One of the building advantages of changing leagues is you don't get to see that pitcher. It's always a huge advantage to the pitcher the first time around the league because the hitters don't know his stuff. Now, because of interleague play, National League and American League guys get to see the other league pitchers so that, more so often. So that would that would diminish the advantage. It would diminish it over the last few years, but there's still you don't you only play like four teams generally in interleague play. So there still is an advantage that first time around the league. Okay, so that so this now and again, I like the fact we're drilling down. This makes a lot of sense to me. So what I'm hearing is one, there's that first few months and the sigh relief in regards to the fact that they don't have to face the DH and they it's almost like when you swing that heavy bat uh, back in my little league days here is uh, and Bronco and Pony is <laughs> you would swing that heavy bat. Then when you picked up the normal bat, it felt very light. But then you know even five or six swings later, it didn't feel so right. light. So that effect and the whole and it's a rookie effect too. Sometimes Absolutely. is first time through the league. It's an advantage for the pitchers and and the switch is causing the pitcher to have that advantage. I always take a rookie making his first start. All right, so our actionable our actionable nugget here is, and that's what we try to do is actionable information. Is if a pitcher goes from the American to the National League for the first few months, is that fair to say? Yeah, look, I, looks for an uptick in performance because of the sigh relief from the DH or the lack of the DH and being unfamiliar to the hitters. Absolutely. All right. Well, we have two and a half minutes. VR, tell us about Delaware. It was a disappointment, I think, in general. A huge disappointment, I think, for for the state and for betters as a whole. Uh, the state's going to lose an estimated fifty plus million dollars if they're not able to overturn this over. They have two weeks to appeal. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. From what I heard, um, the stock has plummeted fifty one cents as soon as that announcement came Who, out. Whose stock is this? Uh, 
Dover Downs or the the company that that's going to be putting in the the was supposed to be putting in the sports book. Um, they're still going to do the parlay cards, they say, but that's just not going to generate the kind of attention that single game betting does. Um, the one thing it does prove is that the sports books are beatable, and we are you know doing something that you can beat the books at uh, because the ruling is when you go to single game betting, it takes the gamble out of it. And that's pretty much so what they're that, so that was. That is. was the legal side of things. Is and and if you have something to quote, that'd be honest. Yeah, the exact quote was: "Single game wagering does indeed take the luck out of wagering, and that is why the bill violates federal law." So really, what you're saying is the U.S. government is saying, and maybe not directly, that if you go to pregame.com, it's no longer luck. Absolutely not. And I know wise guys that were foaming at the mouth waiting to go and exploit Delaware. And now what's going to happen is they're going to put these parlay cards out and they're going to get exploited through them. Just like it happened here in Las Vegas. Um, Wise guys are going to go regardless. And they exploited the parlay card business out here. We all know about that. They kicked them all out. Um, And they're going to end up trying to do it over there. But as far as the sports books in general... I think it's not going to have any influence in Las Vegas. I think the books back east are happy this is happening. Well, yeah. Uh, Anytime you have a legal alternative, the illegal operators don't want that alternative absolutely. competition. So, One quick yeah. note, RJ. I think that Harrington Downs and Dover Downs, they are going forward with their $5 million renovations on their sports books. They're going to go full steam ahead because I think they think they can get it overturned in the future. And that's my final point quickly is – History moves at a slow pace. It's not about months. It's not even about years. When you look at prohibition, you read it in the history books, and it was it came and it went. But it was many years in between. I think the general trend clearly is sports betting is becoming more accepted in our culture, which is a good thing for those who enjoy it. And you got three of them right here. All right, segment number one has done. Segment number two is going to be we talk about the big games of the week. It's the biggest games coming up, and we're going to be talking about San Diego and Atlanta. Yep. And we'll be talking about week three uh, sports betting in the preseason. Remember, you can see all of our segments at pregame.tv. Talk to you in a few. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. We're recording. All right, here we are, segment number two. And this is our big game tips where we break down big games each week. And this is the week of August 26, 2009. I'm here with Vegas Runner, a genuine professional batter here in Las Vegas. I'm RJ Bell and Marco D'Angelo, who is 30 years in the business. Our big game this week, Marco, is San Diego and Atlanta. Tell us about it. Well, we got this game. It's Saturday night. It's on CBS, so everybody's going to get to watch it. A couple interesting points. First off, it's week three. It's dress rehearsal week. And Atlanta Falcons, being that it's week three, this is their first home game of the season. So I think that's going to be a huge advantage to the Falcons this week. I think, you know, we've talked about in numerous podcasts in the past. Now, why is it an advantage because they're extra excited? The fans are excited? Agendas. We always said that preseason games, you don't always look at statistics. You look at what the teams want to accomplish. And being that it's the first home game for Atlanta, I think they're going to want the game a little bit more. They'll play the starters a little more this week. And let's face it, San Diego's a set team. Phillip Rivers just signed a big contract this week. He's got the extension. Uh, They're happy in San Diego. They've got big aspirations this year. They're looking at 
a run to the Super Bowl this year, and they were very well could be. They had that disappointing start last year. The Falcons at home, Matt Ryan on TV, a lot of speculation was, you know, last year a fluke. He looks like the real deal. He's been good in preseason so far. And the running back, Turner, you think he's going to be a little pumped up uh, with uh, San Diego coming in? San Diego gave up on him, you know, and I look for Atlanta to be really pumped up for this game. All right, so as we talked about in the preseason, motivation is very important. Agenda, another way to say that. And you're saying that the excitement around the first home game is advantage Atlanta. TV. And you're saying the fact that Atlanta is a little less settled than um, San Diego, another advantage Atlanta. Absolutely. Right, and then with Turner, the running back, a little more energy there. You always like, you know, I always call it bite the hand that fed you. Now what's the line on this game? The line in this game is 3-42. and 42. Atlanta is a three-point favorite. All right, VR, what's your thoughts? Uh, first thing I did with this game, because it is more or less your closest to a regular season game, is try to create now, why, a, a true line. All right, when you say closest to the regular season game, explain that. Uh, because the players are going to come out after halftime, so there's going to be adjustments made. This is the week you want to look towards coaches. Um, they play a little bigger role um, in, in how the team's going to be prepared. And that's another interesting point, is you've got a second-year coach in Atlanta who, you know, usually it would seem as a career goes on, coaches take the preseason less and less seriously. Second-year coach is probably still running like a boot camp type. Uh, Correct. Uh, training camp, okay. And, and I made my line a pick em, Atlanta minus one at the most, um, and over under around 45. Uh, so I agree with the odds makers line on this one. Uh, number one, Atlanta had an extra day to prepare. Uh, number two, this is San Diego's back-to-back road games. Like Marco said, this team's already complete. They're probably already know going in who they're going to cut down to 75. I believe Monday the rosters have to go down to 75. Atlanta on the flip side has a lot to prove. They did come off, you know, they are one and one. They have covered twice, but this is a team that allowed that got out um, yard more yards allowed, almost 300 yards more they allowed. Um, to Detroit. So I think this team really has to come out and, and show they could play some defense as well. Um, like Marco said, it's about agendas in preseason, and, and I agree. I think Atlanta's agenda is more to win this game than San Diego's. All right, and that's interesting because something we talked about last week, and remember, if you go to pregame.tv, you can get all of our videos, all three segments this week and prior weeks, is in the preseason, there's a, a, a tendency for a zigzag. As in, if someone does really well, the coach takes maybe the energy away. And when I say someone, a team, if a team does really well, coach takes the energy away. Maybe the next week isn't so motivated. If they do poorly, it's, all right, we got to get serious. And you're saying that the yardage issue with Atlanta the week before makes them maybe more motivated this week, too. Yeah, well, they uh, it was the first week against Detroit, and they, they played terribly. All right, so they played terribly in week one. Yeah. And last week? They came back last week, uh, got the job done. I don't think they looked good at all. Um, and, and going to their site, uh, there's still a lot of question marks. Unlike when you go and visit San Diego's site, um, it has nothing about this week on it. Uh, they're talking about the season already, where when you look at Atlanta, they have a nice clip of the coach speaking about this week, actually. Now, is that something you do? You actually go to the team websites to get a... a this is interesting, the preseason, to get a flavor of what the team's thinking Absolutely. About. That's the only... Well, during the season, I do, too, and sometimes you'll get some some little clips that, that are very good. Um, but in the preseason, you definitely do. I mean, 
press has access to these guys more than any other time during the season. Coaches will give out their game plan. But the website is produced by the team, correct? Exactly. And I that's what I did this morning. I checked Atlanta's, and all they were talking about was this week's game. I went to San Diego's, and North Turner was talking about week one. Um, of the regular season. So, I mean, the agenda is All right, so let's, for let's think about this because this is pretty interesting is on one hand, you could say this is truly indicative of what the team is caring about. On the other hand, it could just be a difference in the way that the – Again, I don't think they're probably being paid too much to people running the website. Maybe it's just a matter of their style. Is San Diego has a twelve, you know, a whole season view and their web team. And and again, I'm not saying that's true. Is let's make sure again. One of the things we talk about is the information and tidbits that we give out here are trying to help batters win. And we always want to make sure that that the information is likely to do that. Is do you how confident do you feel that the website is truly indicative of the intention? I believe it because. Because, I mean, when you look at the San Diego team, what's the fear in the back of all their minds is injury. I mean, you know, teams like that, that, that faced, especially that faced that adversity last year, I mean, they're even more careful as they're approaching the regular season. That's an interesting point. So do you believe a team that was hit hard with injuries the year before are going to play their starters less in the preseason? Absolutely. I 100%, especially when they're a little older And especially with San Diego. This is the first year that San Diego in the last several years is entering the regular season healthy. I mean, Phillip Rivers has been banged up the last two years coming in. LT's been hobbled. You know, they're healthy for the first time, and they're a, a happy team. This team is excited about this season. To add on one point that VR was talking about going to websites and to newspapers in the cities, you get great information. And the best thing to look for, so you don't have to look for a bias, is whenever the reporter quotes things from the coach. The quotes are 100%. You know, that's one thing True, you can take stock True, but those quotes are available about. anywhere. I had never, and good point. I'd never heard about the website. And remember, guys, this is an interesting conversation. You can always go to pregameforums.com and be, and, and, and there's hundreds of sports bettors talking there and join the conversation, which will really continue from this podcast and this video shoot. So, VR, real quick, two minutes. Tell us about the main differences. And in segment three, we'll be talking about some of the differences, too, in week three of the preseason. But tell us the main differences and how they specifically apply to the San Diego game. Um, sure. Last week, we, we said you could pretty much bet the overs blind. Um, it's a trend that's been happening week two for years. And it, it happened again this year, 10 and 6 to the over. So you could have bet it blind. Um, this week's a little different because the odds makers have adjusted for the public perception. The perception is the starters are going to play longer. Starters play longer. That usually so equates three to more t- points. Week three typically is the most like a regular season game. Uh, yeah. And it's bet most like a regular season game. It garners most of the action. People are afraid week one and two a little bit. Week four, a lot of people even take off. College has started. Week three is when everybody gets involved. Odds makers know this, and they already you know added into the line for public perception. You look at this week's totals compared to last week, and we're seeing a lot of 40s where we didn't see that last week. And should they be that high? I don't think so. When you look at the history – you see more unders. Um, you either get a 50-50 split or more towards the under, like last year. Uh, other thing I want to add real quick is you got to look to the dogs. Other than 2006. Right, so let's do this. Third segment, we're going to be talking free picks, and then we'll take some Perfect. extra time. Marco, you had a closing thought? 
the one thing about the totals in week three, remember, the starters are playing longer. Also, that means the defensive starters are playing longer. And this is the only week that a coach may actually game plan for a preseason game, which they don't game plan during the first two weeks, generally. Again, leading to the concept is more like a regular season game. Absolutely. Okay. Good conversation. Now, this is segment two. We're going to go into segment three, which we give free picks away and other things. And remember, you can get all segments at pregame.tv, and we'll be back with our third segment. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Hey guys, here we are, segment three of three this week, August 26th. This is our free pick segment, the most popular segment. Everyone loves free picks. I'm joined by Vegas Runner, a genuine professional batter here in Las Vegas. And you can tell from his shirt, this, this is the way I, this is the, this is the uniform of professional, professional sports batter. And we got Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, and pregame.com's GM of picks. All right, let's get straight to it. Marco, free pick this week. Well, we're going to go to preseason football action, and we're going to go to Saturday night, San Francisco at Dallas. And again, we've talked at length about motivation. Last week was a huge week for the Dallas Cowboys. It was their first uh, game in their new stadium. They went all out. They wanted that game bad. You know, it was on TV. Romo threw a lot of passes for a preseason game. I look for Dallas to dial it back a notch this week. The 49ers with new coach Singletary, they're trying to establish right, a winning. A, that's a concept we talk about is new coaches typically are being watched more closely. Let's be honest. I'm a big Steeler fan. Is Tomlin, if they went 0-4, if I'm not mistaken, the Colts hadn't won a preseason game under Dungy for like five years. Is He wasn't being watched. Right. A new coach, the fans, the owners are going to be watching closer. There's more motivation. More motivation. They want to establish that winning attitude early with the team, take control. I look for the 49ers. They're a seven-point dog right now in this game. I think this is an Overinflated number. It's based on everybody got to see the Cowboys last week. They blew out Tennessee. Well, Cowboys typically a marquee team, and as much as people understand the preseason is not the regular season, when they see a team they expect to win ten games, playing a team they expect to win six, and and the line, even though the line is different than it would be in the regular season, it's often not as as, as different as it needs to be. Absolutely. The value here to me is to take the 49ers. I see this as a three-point game either way. I'm going to grab the seven on Saturday and take the 49ers as my free pick as we look to bounce back from last week's free pick. Oh, last week. Okay, so this is, uh, this is something that uh, one of the things we pride ourselves on here is when we do well, you're going to hear about it. And when we don't do well, you're going to hear about it. Probably not with as much fist pumping, but you're still going to hear about it. Last week, we were 0-3 here. Oh, two and one. Oh, two and one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I did we say, shouldn't even be mentioning uh, it. Yeah, it was actually even a win. I said the line's going to move, which it did. So when you gave it out on Wednesday, did did that line win? I put it up at thirty seven because I knew it was going to move that day. Um, it was, when I came in, it was thirty six, thirty six and a half. All right, so let's say oh, two and one. Yeah, we'll give him. I'll, I'll take right, the push. Still not a good, not Nothing good. To brag but about. we're not afraid to say it. We've actually had a lot more winners and losers with the free picks. All right, so we do this every week. This isn't actually something that because we lost, but we give a coupon every week in the free pick segment of the podcast slash video. 
And Marco, uh, give us the coupon and tell us who's especially hot at pregamepros.com. That's where you can get all the best bets. Well, I'll tell you what. First, the coupon in is, again, $10. You can use it to get anything you want at pregamepros.com. And since it's exhibition, we're going to go NFLX and the number 10. Very simple. NFL, the letter X for exhibition, and the number 10. And that's all one word. All one word, and you get $10 off any purchase. Several hot cappers. VR's on a nice run. I'm hot as well right now. But uh, Stan Sharp, this guy's been a test of time. He's a professional better here in Las Vegas. 6-2 and two with his last eight plays. 42-23 and 23 the last 65. That's 64% over two-plus months. Now, What's new? They're actually, yeah, and that brings up the point. There actually was uh, on the forums, there was a lot of talk. He just had, since he came on pregame, he had his 500th win, and he is an amazing guy. For those that know sports betting, you're going to know this. If you don't, you got a lot to learn. I'll just say it plainly is 50, he's 57.4% over 850 yeah, games. That's over two plus years. And folks. I tell you right now, you hear the talk of 60%, 70%. That's all BS. If you can hit 57, it's amazing. You can make a living from it. Stan Sharp does make a living. He's hot now. He's been hot pretty much every three month period. It's hard to find three months that Stan hasn't won. And I always ask this question, so I ask it again. If a pick is less than 10 bucks, you get to pick for free using that coupon. Absolutely. Oh, wow. All right. So good stuff there. All right, VR, you actually have a free pick, but you also have some more conversation about week three in the preseason. We have uh, about four minutes, so we're going to let you take the lead, and we'll be jumping in. Sure. And, and just quickly, the, the week two, that what we spoke about them concepts, about the teams going over, we saw all the teams that scored 10 points or less, five of the eight scored 17 or more. Um, and over the last two right, years... So what we were talking about, and again, if you keep throwing out numbers too fast, everyone gets lost, including me, is you're saying if a team did poorly offensively the week before in week one, they usually turn it around in week two. Yeah, and, 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 and how did, in this points week, how, scored. All right. And that's what I wanted to touch on. There's a concept for them, a guaranteed moneymaker on team totals. You could now bet team totals. These, this is a 75% trend over three years. And so when you say team total, you can say, I'm going to bet that the Steelers, for example, have, score so many points this game. Exactly. And you don't even have to worry about the whole game, about the other team having to do the scoring. Um, so it takes a little of that pressure off. All right. So uh, the teams we identified last week, how did they do in week two? Five of the eight scored 17 or more. Four of those five scored 23 or more. All right, so if you were to bet blind, the team total over for the teams that scored poorly in week one, how would you have done? Uh, you would have went uh, six and two. Sounds like good. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a winner. Awesome. All right, so now, we, so now week two to three, what's the big transition? And now you got to start looking at the dogs, RJ. Um, I, I, people are going to start looking at the favorites, and that's the mistake. Because like Marco was saying earlier, this is the, the as close to a real game as you're going to get. And people see the bigger-name teams, um, but you're going to pay a price for these teams because the odds makers already know that going in. All right, so let's talk about that. It would be my instinct that if this is closer to the regular season, then the public perception that the marquee teams are better is probably going to be closer than in week one or two when the marquee teams are not playing their starters as much. So you're saying even though it's more like a regular season game, the, the public bets the favorites even more than they should. 
Yeah, a lot more than they should. And history shows it's a bad move. Other than that year, that 2006 year, to this day, bookmakers still talk about when pros in the NFL cashed over 61% clip in that week three of the preseason, favorites went 13-3. and Other than that, though, you could bet the dogs blindly and come out ahead. Um, so you definitely want to start there. You want to look so towards avoid dogs. any favorites and look towards dogs. Now, what other fact? Now you have uh, about two minutes. What other factors do we really want to look at? Or maybe let's talk about your pick and and how it rolls into that. Uh, my pick is going back to the concept we were talking about Atlanta, and actually this is one of the few favorites that I do like um, because it's one of them. <laughs> I hate to say must wins. Um, I'm saving the concept for the big game. Excuse me. <laughs> But I hate to say must win this early in the preseason, but for Kansas City, this is as close as you're going to get. Um, the line opened minus one, one and a half. It's up to two and a half. I say get it now before it gets to three. Seattle's going into KC, and KC is 0-2. This is a team that only won two or three games. New coach. We're new, back coach new coach. Uh, had the most dismal year they've had last season. Um, a lot of pressure for them to win this game. Seattle is one of them teams which are so afraid to get hurt. What happened to them last year? Everyone got injured. They had a terrible year. So if anything, they're going to tippy-toe and keep safe. All right. So, but, but if you think about it, I mean, if it's a pick em game, you're really not betting it. And again, the dogs of one or one and a half points. That's, yeah, it's not it's, considered it's, it's a, a, it's a favorite. It's a yeah. game. And, uh, and we're looking at motivation. We're looking at the zigzag you're talking about where two bad performances are really going to be motivated this week. And you're looking at a line move, so you're recommending to get on it early. Yeah, I think it's going to go up to three, even though the public's going to jump all over Seattle, um, and you would think you should wait and get a better number. I think the wise guys see a lot of value in this KC. They jumped on the one right away. I think as they do more work, as the week progresses, and we hear word out of KC's camp, I think more money's going to go down on this team. That's one of the things you do particularly well is with your connections. You watch the marketplace, and as the lines move, you know when it's a true move, a false move. At least most of the time, and you can read the market well, which is very valuable. Uh, yeah, that that's one of the the main things that I like to do, and one of the main things I do well because I, I came from the field of bookmaking, got into uh, moving steam. So all right, my we're life up against, was spent. We're up against it. Lines. We're up against it. All right, we're wrapping up segment three. That's it for this week. Remember, pregame.tv. You get all of our videos. And thanks for watching. We'll be back next week.